I can never tell if you're seriously homophobic, or if you just string random words together that just sound hateful. I never understood why you gave up a sweet job walking the roof to shovel other people's shit. Well, Jeb, I guess there's more to life than sitting on a roof and beating people up. This wouldn't have anything to do with a certain prisoner we've got, does it? Because you know, the mayor ordered him cut loose last night. He's back among the general population. Oh, I'm sorry for you, Jeb. You lost a playmate. Or did you roll someone else out of one of our secret speakeasies and throw him in the clink? No. 
They just sent me over here to make sure everything was still okay with you. Okay with me? Why wouldn't it be? Well, somebody caught you stopping in on Harris and his brood right before you resigned. Somebody got curious what you told him and is concerned what'll happen now that our guest is out of prison. Somebody, huh? Well, don't sweat it. I know how this game is played. What'd you tell Harris? I told him I was sorry he had to take a hit for your mistakes, and that I didn't have the stomach for what we do anymore. Know that look in your eye, Jeb. Did I tell him about your boy in the closet? No. Why make life hard for myself? You're sure you didn't even hint about it? Look, big fella, if Harris finds out about that, what the hell do you think happens to me, huh? I take a ride in the rope. So I remove myself from the problem. That's all. You've got a job to do, and so do I. I'm down in the bowels of this place unclogging shitters and plugging up leaks. I don't gotta know anything. I don't gotta do anything. You understand? So you didn't say nothing to Harris? No, Jebediah. That was, what, two, three months ago? Besides, I know what happens to people who screw with the system. Probably as well as you do. The difference between you and me, aside from probably about 30, 40 IQ points, is that I don't enjoy that kind of work. But I know you gotta do what you gotta do. Excuse me, boys. Hello, nurse. We help you, ma'am? I, uh, I'm looking for a guy called Sterno. I hear he's in support services. Where's that? Sterno? It's a cold day in hell when beautiful women hunt his freakish ass down. <laughs> Charming. No, I hear he's from the Plymouth meeting area back east. I thought he might know... He works in the down below, ma'am. Authorized persons only. Oh. Well... How do I leave him a message? You can talk to his supervisor upstairs in the main office. Or, guys have been leaving posty notes on the bulletin board next to the access door. When you're in the down below, you sometimes go for a day or more. All respect, but supervisors tend to forget. Just head down this hallway, turn right, and you'll see this big green metal door with big warning signs. Oh, that's a great idea. Thank you. Sorry to interrupt. So, down that way, make a right. Straight on till morning. Or the door gets in your way. Thank you, boys. As you were. I didn't believe in hypnosis before, but watching that backside swing... So you know what happens if you do tell anybody, right? Why do you even ask the question if you're just going to go through your list of threats? Yes. You're a stupid, savage ass clown who gets off on dominating weak people. In another life, you could be an awesome banker or corporate attorney. But I get it. Are you done? Ass clown! Could I be any more honest after calling a guy who could punch out his liver an ass clown? Come on. Think, Bluto. Jebediah, come in, please. This is Jeb. Go ahead, Ruby. We need you in the interview suite. We're about to introduce our new guest to the general population. We'll need you on crowd control. Oh, I love crowd control. On my way, Ruby. Jeb, out. <laughs> Ass clown. <laughs> I'm gonna miss you up top, Kranz. <laughs> so it's true we brought someone in from the outside? <laughs> yep, little brown girl. Not sure where from. Well, have fun in the basement there, Poopsmith. <laughs> Jerk. Oh, goody. Yes, Jack? Your services are needed in the Cherrywood stacks. Constable Harris reports there's a backup in the system. Another one? We just snaked that system last week. I didn't call to discuss it with you, Mr. Krantz. Please report to Constable Harris immediately for more details. Jack out. Wonderful. I guess this is the big green door. Ugh. Locked. Figures. Keypad lock. 
Okay, bulletin board. Here we are. Sterno. Sterno. Gilbert Stern. There you are. Where are you today? Ooh, the portal opens. Oh, fresh air. Oh, hello. Can I help you? Mm, hello. I'm looking for someone. Aren't we all? Who's looking? Oh, I'm Kara. I hear Gil Stern is down there in the, um, the, um... The down under. Yeah. But he's down there deep, lady. I read on the board he's on an infrastructure survey. What's that mean? Oh, he's checking all the pipes and wiring throughout the DU. He could be anywhere. I might be able to reach him on the radio. Oh, no, that's okay. I need to talk to him offline. I hear he might know my family back east. Like you say, everybody's looking for somebody. He might know what happened to my brothers and friends. You know, I don't think he's going to be done for another day or so. He stays down there till it's done. Do all home improvement stores have such a complex underground support system? <laughs> well, ma'am, most home improvement stores don't have 200 people living in them 24-7. Most don't drink 5,000 kilowatts per hour on an unstable electrical grid. Point taken. I would love to see what you guys do down there one day. Uh, okay. If you're into dark, wet dungeons, that's the place for you. How about you leave Sterno and note on his board over there? Better yet, tack it to his jacket. His locker's the last one along the wall. Oh, okay. Thank you. If you'll excuse me, I need a beer. And a bath. Take care. You too. Enjoy that bath. You really need it. Okay, lockers. Hmm, two, three, four, two. Unless this guy really needs to keep track of his PIN number, or... He can't remember the access code to the down under. Yes! Now, let's see. Helmet, I'll borrow you. Coat, oh, wow. In desperate need of Febreze. Now, into the minds of Moria, dear friends. Dear friends, I I'm talking to myself instead of an audience. Just a little nervous, little nervous. Okay, Kara, let's do it. want to alarm you, but you're probably the first new person anyone's seen in months. They'll want to know everything right away. They'll be a little forward with their questions, very insistent. I know it might seem intimidating and overwhelming. Compared to outside? Well, point taken. Everyone's much nicer once you get to know them, I assure you. I understand. I think we're ready, Constable. Would you lead the way? Let's do this. Are you going to be all right, Barbara? No, 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 no. I'll, I'll never be all right, but I'll get by. I'm ready. Stay back! Give the girl some room. Come on now. Did you see this woman out there? Take a look at this picture. Please. Is there any help coming? Is it any better outside? Is it true they're starting to die off? How did you survive out there on your own? Is there another place we can go? <sighs> I said get back. Anyone I report loses rations for a week. Got it? Now get your asses back. 
We're almost to the office, dear. Keep your chin up. Please. I just wanted to take a look at this. I warned you. I warned all of you. So stop looking so sick. Next one of you lot crosses eyes at me, and his whole fucking room spends the weekend on roof duty. Got me? You two, get this man to Doc's office. Clear the stairs. Clear them! And watch your step, ladies. That's it. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce you to a new resident of our community. Her name is Balamani. Is that right? Saravas Sarava Sarasvati. There you go. Sorry. She goes by Barbara, which is a relief to tongue-tied people like me. She will be interviewed and brought into our community slowly, so I ask each of you to give her time and space to acclimate herself, and I assure you all your questions and concerns will be addressed. Barbara, would you like to say a few words? Thank thank you for allowing me to stay. I wish, I truly wish, I could bring you better news from the outside, but I'm afraid I know little more than you. How did you survive? Look at you. You're just... Tiny. Well, yeah. How'd you get by alone? Well, when this all began, I was at university. We were ordered to the sports stadium to await rescue. But rescue never came. Things grew worse inside as the days went by. And a voice on the radio told us things outside were getting better. But of the 50 of us who chose to leave, most were killed within a day. I took shelter in a farmhouse with seven others. We lost two defending our shelter. We lost two more to the winter and disease. Before the spring thaw, we saw military helicopters carrying shipping containers towards the college. We thought they were finally coming to extract survivors. There was only three of us left, so we drove back across campus to the stadium. The entire stadium has been sealed. The helicopters dropped their metal containers into the stadium. One of them fell end over end, spilling dozens of bodies as crashed down behind the wall. The helicopters fired on us and we were forced to flee. Since then, we have been following signs along the highway, directing us to shelters and camps, long deserted or overrun. What happened to the others? I've been alone for maybe a month. I don't know. I have not seen another living person other than my friends in six months. And I'm truly sorry. I cannot bring better news of your loved ones or the world outside. Thank you. A tragic story, Barbara. Mr. Mayor, welcome. But sadly, a tale we all know too well. On behalf of the management, I want to welcome you to our community. Every one of us, Barbara, shares a similar story. But here, in our small fortress town, we've started a new life. By joining forces and lending our backs, we've created a safe haven. We're all part of a great extended family. Here we thrive and survive and we'll work together until the last eater is nothing more than bones and dust. Thank you. I am Mayor Zachary, Miss Sarasvati. Welcome to HG World. Damn it. Where the hell am I? Okay. Hallway F, intersection 12. Oh, this is interesting. Federal Emergency Management Agency. Offices. Let's see. The course. Crap. Where to go? Where to go? Dark hallway, be my friend. Whew. That was close. Closer than you think. Ah! Mm -hmm. Hello, Alice. Mm -hmm. Shh, shh. It's cool. 
Mining are just like you. Chill. Oh, you bit me. You put your hands on me. Scared the shit out of me. Who are you? Do you know how uncool it is to bite somebody in this day and age? Man, at least you didn't break the skin. Why did you call me Alice? What? Oh, just like you'd get the reference. Where are you going? I, I don't know. Nowhere, I guess. Well, you're on the right road. Do you often hide in the dark waiting for women to fall into your web? Actually, I heard you upstairs talking to yourself and I thought it would be fun to follow you in case you said something interesting. I'm Greg, three G's. Hi, Greg. I'm Kara. Two A's. Why are you really following me? I just told you. How'd you get down here? Are you aware that your inner monologue is very outspoken? I could hear it 20 feet away from you, including the access code to the Down Under. It's a wonder you weren't overheard by every grunt and grumble down here. Do you know how to get out of here? Yeah, I think. Do I know you? Your face is really... I'm waiting for you to tell me what you're thinking. Greg, in my job, I meet thousands of people, so don't flatter yourself. Oh, I know. Kara Hash, WGONTV, formerly of WNLD Scranton and WAOD Morristown, Tennessee. Okay, stalker boy. Hi, I'm Greg Holtzapple. Ring a bell? Uh, no. Figures. Hmm. What about the Philly Bugle Beacon? I tipped you off to Councilman Think's ghost job story, uh, collaborated your facts on the voter intimidation conspiracy back in 2008. Craig, three cheese, huh? Small world. Your face still says what the fuck. Okay. All right, you won a local Emmy in 2007 for that puppy mill feature. You threw a drink at my boss in the lobby at intermission. He ducked. I took your fruity beverage all over my rented tux. Oh. My God, yes! Greg Holtzapple of the Bugle Beacon. You were up for Best Investigative Series. Won it, actually, but I couldn't collect it on stage because I was all sticky and smelled like strawberry shortcake. Anyways, small world. Now, what the fuck are you doing down here? Snooping. Uh-huh. Well, oh, my ears and whiskers. Shall we venture further down the rabbit hole? What? Oh, I forgot. TV news. What the hell is that supposed to mean? Ah, uh, so you found some FEMA offices? Uh, doors locked? Yes. Wanna see what's inside? Of course. Don't you? Of course. Can you pick locks? No. Well then, good thing I'm here. Where'd you get those? You're not the only person I've followed around. Come on. Welcome home, miss. Please, just Barbara, Mr. Jones. Well, Barbara, you can call me Jack. I'm in charge of assigning you a place to sleep, credits to eat, and a work assignment based on your skill sets. Jack's a very influential man around here, Barbara. Oh, I don't know about that, but I am on six of our oversight committees. I like to keep abreast of events in our little village, but enough about me. What did you do before you came here, Barbara? I hid. Yes, indeed. But I don't mean to be indelicate about such things, but I meant before the latest crisis. Did you hold a job somewhere? I was in college. I worked part-time in the library. Ah, a student. Was it a useful course of study? Useful. What he means is... We have many tasks to perform here to keep things running. We have a need for people who can raise food, teach the children, fix things. Jack, what's the big idea putting me on three shifts in a row? David, I'm in the middle You said you were going to take one of Farner's men off his ass and make him do some work for a change. David Miller, I want you to meet Barbara... Uh, Barbara... She's the girl you spotted outside the wall yesterday evening. Hi. How's the ankle? Sore, but like the rope burn on my legs. It too shall fade. Huh. Good. And Jack, what are we going to do about that pimp who keeps making trouble in the stacks? 
I had three complaints this morning about contraband and running noises through the walls. A pimp. Perhaps if you give me a few minutes, we could discuss this. Right now, I have no desire to take you off night work because you're being a rude and surly pain in my ass. On the other hand, Jenny Joe says that the best way to change one's perspective is to actually see with new perspective. Very deep. What does it mean? You'll have to excuse David, Barbara. Like most of the men who keep us safe, he's been working very hard over long hours. I will admit, some of these riffle shots came recklessly close to taking me out as well. Hey, I'm sorry about that, Mum Taz. It was dark. At least you're not zombie chow. David, to see with new perspective, I will have you take Miss Barbara here around the facility. Please wait here a moment while we finish the interview. Sure thing, Jack. I've only been up for 22 hours. Barbara, can you care for children? We have only a few. No, I won't care for children. Hmm. How about tools? Do you know your way around a shovel? The shovel and I are good friends. I specialize in planting, burials, and what a friend once called spade foo. Excellent. I can assign you work in the fields. Light work until we find out your secret skills. I don't have a free bed right now, though. That's fine, Jack. She can stay with me until a place can be set up. Actually, the field hands just finished three new sheds out in the garden section. A shed. If you work in the fields, you sleep in the fields. The sheds can sleep two, three if we're really pressed. It's actually very nice compared to sleeping in the stacks. Anyway, here's a week's meal rations. Store gift cards. Yes, they are legal tender for all the services we provide. Meals are at five, twelve, and five again. Barter is rampant, but avoid it if you can. Bathing and hygienic needs are tended to by another committee. They'll visit you once you are settled, and Ruby can explain how all that works. Is there something wrong, Barbara? This is all so strange. Well, you know as well as the rest of us that these are strange times. We're just making our way as best we can. There must be law. If Ruby has not told you, be advised that everything is for sale here. In desperate times, we like to grant as much freedom as we can, but this is not a democracy. Anyone with a badge like the one I'm wearing... A store named Tag? Yes. These represent authority, power in this environment. Wipe that expression off your face, David. <laughs> Sorry. I was smiling. See how much power Jack has, Barbie? We do not like to use that power, but it is sometimes necessary for the greater good. Or when it feels good to use it. David, that's enough. Barbara, I advise you to make friends, good friends, quickly, with those who can make your stay here pleasant. Having a friend in the red tag has many benefits, doesn't it, Ruby? Yes, Jack, it certainly does. I think I understand. Thank you. Okay, then. The tour. First, you've just experienced the awkward sexual tension of two executive team leaders in their spring mating ritual. I don't know about you, but that shit unnerves me more than the eaters. Let's go out this way, Barbara. I want to show you the grand plan. Goodness! This used to be the cash and loss prevention office. You can pretty much see everything on the main floor. I'm just overwhelmed. Where's all the merchandise? Put to use. We use the lumber and tools to build shelters, create apartments, classrooms, even a recreation area and church. How many people are down there? Uh, last count, we had about 320. That many? How do you keep them all fed and healthy? We run a pretty tight ship here. Everyone pulls his weight. For the most part, anyway. What is that big structure in the center of everything? That is City Hall. Have you ever been to an HG World? No. Well, 
Every outlet has this centerpiece that showcases the latest in all the areas of the store. Plumbing, electrical, paint, decor, all that stuff. Customers would walk through and see samples of styles and furnishings. It's, it's like a real house. So the mayor moved in there with a small staff. He has his offices there, and he's also the judge for when we have problems. He sometimes comes out on the wraparound porch to talk to folks and give a state-of-the-world speech on the weekends. We used to have organized programming there, like dances or concerts, but for some reason they never caught on. The mayor keeps trying to get people motivated and keep them upbeat. Come on, I'll take you through the offices on our way to the field. Fascinating. And you have had no word from the outside. We hear Todd rage on the outside from the top of a mountain. He reports on what he sees in the valley, but we haven't heard from corporate headquarters in ages. Every so often we receive a FEMA recording, but we're always asked to please stand by, you know. This is the management offices. I know I spent a lot of time here when I first arrived. Your security people were enthusiastic about knowing everything about me. Yeah, that's how they earn their meals around here. Locking doors and acting all tough. That's the security suite. I'm sure you spent time in there. Most of the guys are ex-military. We've got one former pro wrestler and a college football hero. And they all try to outgrunt each other. How do you fit into the equation? I'm, uh, I used to be a loss prevention officer for this store. Over there is the meeting room. Through the windows, you can see our beloved mayor and the manager discussing how to make our lives more complicated. Who is he? This mayor? Did you have an election? Well, no. He's sort of... Well, he used to be high up on the board of the corporation or something, but he was very motivational and people responded well to him, so... The manager appointed him mayor as a sort of nod to democracy. People go to him, he takes their concerns to the management, and they act as a sort of town council on things. Anyway, we will walk down this way to the garden section. The manager fellow, he looks so serious, so dark. That's the manager. He doesn't talk much. I've never heard him, anyway. He's in charge of everybody and keeping everything running. I'm told he wasn't the real manager of the store, but he's from corporate headquarters like the mayor. He was Jenny Joe's boss or something. You don't seem to know much about the people controlling your life. Well, they keep me fed, and I prefer the life of a rooftop watch to scavenging through the ruins out in the wild. Anyway, here is our outdoor garden section, where the second best part of the tour is the fresh air. My goodness, this is beautiful! A lot of love and hard work goes into this. We converted a lot of the outdoor sales space to gardens, a small field for crops, even a little playground for the few children left. Over in the outdoor stacks, the people living here constructed a nice collection of pseudo-townhouses. We have families living in there, about a dozen or so. They work the fields, and they have a good amount of space for themselves. Around the outside, we put together about a dozen or so sheds, those cute kinds with the tiny window boxes and tiny windows. The residents painted them. They are private, but they don't have private bathrooms. The good news is, there's an awesome shower area at the end of the street, about 50 yards of that away. This is surreal, David. 50-foot steel fences protect us from the outside world. They are reinforced with 20 feet of wood or metal plates and stacks of topsoil, mulch, stones, rubble, and other debris. We once had half the population of Wishwell trying to storm these fences with tools and even a pickup truck. Living and dead, nobody could budge it. Oh, great timing. Come on, let me show you something. 
musty. Hmm, no power. Good thing I have a flashlight. Oh, much better. Doesn't look like anyone's been in here in a while. Well, there's a bit of Al Capone's fault, isn't it? I'm not sure what I expected, but there we have it. A desk, filing cabinets, a computer, a half an inch of dust. What about that door over there? Give it a shot. Huh, this must be reception. There's a whole office bay in here. It looks like nothing's been used. The plastic hasn't even come off the office furniture. This room must have been the reception area for whatever's back there. So, how does a big market video anchorwoman find her way to the middle of Fort Bumfuck, Pennsylvania? I was on assignment. We ran out of gas between Monroeville and Erie. You? I was embedded with the PA National Guard for until late summer. The unit I was covering didn't make it to fall. So I wandered around and followed some drunk guy's directions on the radio to this place. Interesting choice to put a big warehouse store in the middle of fucking nowhere, huh? Ah. See, the nerve center of any operation is the secretary's desk. Here's a list of- Shh! Crap. Get down. Get down under the desk. Kill the light. Kill it. David. Hey Gina, what have we got? Oh, just two strays it looks like. Okay. Hey, try to get these kids away from here, would you? Hardly worth noticing these things against such a strong, tall fence. Well, but it's only the first. These guys probably followed your scent. I think we put down ten last night. I'm sure there were others following along. Now, submitted for your approval. One, ex-army guy without a pulse or, indeed, any internal organs. Hello, Sergeant. We keep these little slits open to concentrate their attention on the scent. They basically line up for service here. We just slip into the gap like so, keep the fence about arm's length back, grab one of the conveniently located pikes or poles like this one, find a well-placed link in the chain to poke the pole, I like to spit on the edge so they catch the scent. Wait for the rotten bugger to draw its mouth to the rod. And... And as you know, the other one is too stupid to learn from the first, so Sally Mae Homewrecker here just walks up to the fence to take the sergeant's place. Hello, legs. I like those fishnets. You look hungry. Chew on this. I mean, you could just draw on them and put a bullet into the skull, but that's a waste of a finite resource. These poles just get used over and over. Note the thick crust of eater gore on them. Delightful. What do you do with the remains? An excellent question, my dear. For that, let me take you to the roof. Up here, we have a lot of cool things going on. What an excellent view of the valley. Huh. Haven't really looked at it in a while, but yeah. Guess that's why I prefer it up here. Anyway, over there you'll see the solar array where we get most of the energy to run the refrigerators and security lights at night. Over there is the shelter we built for the winter. Guards off shift would just crash out in there. It was nice, but after a few months it started to smell like eaters in the summer. Still does. That's why we built that tower nearby. I usually work third watch up there and keep an eye for signal flares, fires, headlamps, comets, UFOs, ghosts, whatever. Sounds lonely. Meh, it beats weeknight bingo or square dancing. The worst part's trying not to fall asleep to the sound of the solar-powered fan. Around the outer wall we built this snazzy elevated walkway with sturdy railings. What are these wooden cabinets doing out here? Excellent observation. As you watch, five of our finest security grunts are assembling a series of cables and wheels around the perimeter near where we just dispatched the sergeant and homewrecker. 
One of the engineers devised a way to hook the bodies by cable and use this network to carry, well, mostly drag, really, the remains back here. Look down there. Oh, God! That's a mass grave. Careful who you say that around. The official term is cemetery. One of the guards referred to it once as a compost heap, and he was... Well, you don't want to know what happened. Anyway, we got it down to about five minutes per body from the opposite corner of the site. These should be cleared and covered in about five minutes. That cabinet over there is filled with chemicals we use to cover the bodies. As you can see, there's a layer of leaves and dirt, too. Do all the dead go there? Is that is why there's a wider platform right here? No. Actually, when someone passes, we have to cremate the remains immediately. The next of kin gets them. Otherwise, we use the ashes to fertilize the garden. The whole circle of life thing. Then what is this platform used for? Uh, well, for a while it was used to... <sighs> evict people. Evict them? You mean execute? No, Barbara. I mean we evict criminals and uprisers. Since we can't risk the infection getting in, we send them off here. And who orders them? Sent off? It's called for by a unanimous decree of a jury of peers. I don't suppose you lower them slowly by those cables and pulleys? Do you? No. <sighs> Barbaric. If you met some of the scum we dumped over the edge, you wouldn't think so. Those guys would have found a tanker truck, rolled back here, and blown a hole right through the place. Look, you should know better than anyone how barbaric people are out there. In here, we've got to keep society working. We've got to preserve the law and social order to stay above those things out there. Those things out there have no choice. They do what they are programmed to do. That goes for the living and dead, Barbara. Don't you see? This is what I meant when I said they'll get in eventually. It seems many of the people here already know and do only what they're programmed. <sighs> Thank you for the tour, David. Now where can I rest? You have the work shed at the end of E Street in the garden section. I can walk you there and... No, I'll find my way. Thank you for showing me your world. Perhaps once the culture shock wanes, I'll think better of it. Until you do, Barbara, err on the side of caution and use your inside voice for your social commentary. Like it or not, the people in charge fear and loathe dissent more than anything. Yes, I see that. This is great. You know, we should have just come out from under the desk. You know what would have happened? We would be locked up somewhere much smaller than this office. Yeah, but we're still locked in. I can't believe you didn't see the prints in the dust. I mean, it's so obvious. I just hope there's another way out of here. You and me both. So, what do you make of this office, Greg, with two Gs? Based on what you found in the desk, I'm guessing this is an administration office for the relocation center. What relocation center? Well, in 2009, some of that economic stimulus money the Fed was shoveling around was sent to HGW Corporation, the people who own all the HG World sites. On paper, it meant HGW could get on with its expansion plan for 12 new megastores. I remember that. I interviewed the CEO of HGW two years ago. What we didn't really report was the fact that the 12 new site locations were to be chosen by HGW, FEMA, and Homeland Security and that those sites would serve as temporary relocation sites in the event of a disaster or terrorist attack. I think the zombie uprising would qualify. Which explains why this place was built in the middle of nowhere. So why isn't this office occupied? Maybe because they didn't have time to staff it? Middle of nowhere and all that. Yeah, maybe. There's room down here for a staff of 50. You'd think somebody would have made it. Why don't we just ask the mayor? Why didn't you? Why come snooping around? I ran out of things to snoop through. What are you looking at? Oh, I love our bureaucracy. It's an evaluation map. Uh, here's where we came in and uh, there's another way out. Uh-oh. Uh Crap. Did you bring any extra batteries? Nope. 
That's not good. I've got the map. I take my arm. We've got to stay together. Look down that hall. That's where we're headed. Stay along the outside. Feel your way. I'm going to shut off the flashlight. You ready? I guess. Crap. I lost you. Where are you? Come on. Right here. I'll stop. Come on. Follow my voice. Come this way. Yeah. Oh, bad touch. Sorry, stud. I was looking for your hand. Come on. The door's about 20 feet up this way. Come on. Just up here. Where are we coming out? Do you even know if the door's locked? It's the only other door. So if it doesn't open, we'll just have to break it down. With what? Shut it, Alice. Either the well was very deep or she fell very slowly, for she had plenty of time as she went down to look about her and to wonder what was going to happen next. Ha! I underestimated you, Blondie. Call me that again and the next bad touch will be followed by an iron grip. Here we go. Oh, bright lights. Yes, it's opened and... Who the hell are you? can't see. Was that a pistol I just heard? I can't see it, but I'm pretty sure that's a barrel against my head, yes. Excuse me. Excuse me. Oh, I thought that was you. From this morning. You're the man with the photograph from this morning. Are you, are you okay? Yes, I am. Would you? Could you? Look at it. Yes, certainly. Are you are you all right? Your face, it's... it's uh... Fine, fine. That's my wife, Doreen. She was south of Wishwell on Main Street, in a convoy of trucks. She had with her two young boys, 12 and 17. We had them five years apart so we could plan to afford them. We had a house, too. Nearly paid off. She was so beautiful. I'm afraid I don't recognize the face, mister. Look again, please. They said you were at the collection point in Conewago with the army. It's just my life. Please look again. I'll look again, but it has been a year. I saw very few people out there. The Conewago collection point was long deserted when I passed it on the road. This place. These people sent her away because my boy had a cut. Just a tiny cut on his arm. I tried to get out, but they closed the doors. Said the only way out for me was over the wall. She called me on her cell phone. Said the army took them into a truck, and the last I saw of them they were headed for safety when they went into the Kulshruck mountain tunnel and I lost the signal. I... I wish I could offer you something more. I could pray with you, or if you like to talk, I lost fam. Step away from her now! No, he... No, 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 he's fine, he's just... You were told specifically not to approach this citizen, not to address her, and not to impede her on the street. Please, what's your name? Riggs, I... No, that's the dead man I took this coat off, ma'am. Name's Constable Jeb. Don't worry, he'll be taken care of. No, Jeb, wait, please, he's fine, he's, he's in grief, he's done nothing to me, please... You don't have to put him in cuff. Don't. It's for his protection and ours, ma'am. It's all right, Barbara. Shut it. Stop it. Stop it. Listen, lady, you need to settle down. You're a celebrity right now. But pretty soon you're going to learn that you don't tell guards how to guard. You do not want to have your skinny little body chained to a wall with us upstairs. You got me? Oh, I understand you more than you know, Constable. Good. I'm supposed to protect you, so don't give me any shit or you'll need protection from me. Come on, dumbass. (laughs) Time for more counseling and development. (laughs) Unbelievable. See? Dead. Sorry. It'd be wise to stay clear of Jeb. He enjoys interrogation very much. Who was that man he took away? All he wanted was... Yeah, that's Garrison. He's not right in the head. I'm really surprised they let him wander around unsupervised. What's wrong with him? He snapped. 
last fall. He was separated from his family when some guys attacked our gate. He was on our side, and, well, his wife and kids were stuck on the other. I see. At some point, Garrison tried to get out through a fire exit. We lost a man to an eater as he tried to stop Garrison and seal the entry. We should have let him go, but because he came back, Frank wanted his blood. We put him in a cell for six months. Why didn't you just drop him over the side? The answer to that question is above my pay grade, Barbara. I tend to think that we made him an example to keep everyone else in line. Poor guy. I hear that his wife and family were picked up and taken to Conowego. He was able to talk to them on his cell phone and heard them enter the Kalshruk Tunnel. He hasn't been able to reach her since. Were you one of the interrogators in the room upstairs? Do you help coach people chained to the walls? No, Barbara. That's why I spend a lot of nights on the roof, alone. But I do understand. Sometimes, I just want to rush those doors and keep running. Run until my legs buckle and my lungs pop. <laughs> or something catches me. H.G. World, Episode 1, Nothing Left to Lose, featured Rena Sharma as Barbara, Dustin Shanafelter as David, Kurt Arndt as Down Under Guy, Frank Bedeni as Greg, Ginny Swan as Homewrecker Zombie, D.T. Kelly as Jeb, Martha Limbo Terrar as Kara, Lance Schoenberg as Krantz, Stacy Dukes as Garrison, Michael L. Stokes as Manager Jack, Stacy Dukes as Military Zombie, Ginny Swan as Radar, Carol Stokes as Ruby, Stacy Dukes as Sterno, Shane Harris as The Mayor, Keith R.A. DeCanado as Todd, Ginny Swan as Woman Company, D.T. Kelly as Announcer, with Ryan Smith, John S. Drew, and Ginny Swan. Man, man to woman. This episode was written and directed by Jay Smith, produced and edited by Michael L. Stokes, with production assistance by Carol Stokes, Gwendolyn Jensen Woodard, Martha Limbo Terrar, and Dustin Shanafelter. Production logo and additional art by Adriana Limbo Terrar. This show was edited with Magic's Music Maker and Reaper, with some sound effects from freesound.org. For a full list of Freesound contributors, please visit us at www.goodmorningsurvivors.com. Jonathan Colton appears courtesy of the Creative Commons license. Visit jonathancolton.com for music downloads and concert information. HG World is a production of 3015 North Studios. www.goodmorningsurvivors.com